Welcome to Look What She Built, where we show you examples of what an iconic woman leader looks like. I'm your host, Jamie Rowe, and I'm so excited to have you here. I created Look What She Built because I want to celebrate the bold, the brave, and badass women who are doing business in their own way. In this podcast, we're going to interview and celebrate these women business owners, as well as bring on experts that can help us dive deep on topics like sales, self-care, money mindset, and more. So let's dive in and show the world what an iconic woman looks like. Hello, everyone. This is Jamie Rowe from Look What She Built Podcast. And today I have with me Rebecca Wiener McGregor. How are you, Rebecca? Excellent. So happy to be here with you. Well, I'm glad you're here too. So let's uh, share a little bit with the audience who you are. So, Rebecca, she is an amplifier of love, catalyst for breakthroughs, and author of the beloved book, Loving Her 10 Loving Standards to Call Forward the Wealthy Woman Inside You. She shares her gifts as a transformational hypnotist and money mindset coach committed to helping overworked and overgiving visionaries release old blocks, traumas, and hidden fears to find a deeper sense of self-worth and determination to live life on their own terms while being fulfilled, well-paid, and having loads of fun. I so want to hear about this. <laughs> right. Well, okay. I always like to ask is um, two things. One is what do you have for breakfast? Uh, water. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your truth. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. And do you do a morning practice in the morning? People always like to hear what do people do in the morning? Oh, I do. I, well, I like to incorporate a few different things. And one of them is to dance. So I always have music on in the morning. Uh, I like to walk through a visualization, some sort of um, energy grounding, that kind of thing, and then gratitude and setting my intention for the day. That's like in a nutshell, but I really believe in ritual quite a bit because I believe in living your life as a sacred experience. Yes. making And rituals help us do that. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Especially in the morning when it's quiet. I love it when it's quiet in the house, no one else is awake, it's dark, I put on my salt lamp, maybe I hit one of my Tibetan bowls or my Tibetan bell thrown mm-hmm. and you just drop in for the day and it's your time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I share my time with three dogs and my husband who gets up early, but it works out just fine. <laughs> How many dogs do you have? I have three, I have a uh, American Staffordshire lab mix, uh, Pitbull, uh, German short hair, and a Yorkie Springer Spaniel. If you can put all that together, yeah. I'm trying to imagine, and yes, you're <laughs> very busy. Yes, yes. They keep me on my toes and make me laugh every single day. Do they wake you up in the morning, like on your bed? Do they come up and visit? Absolutely. We do not need alarms in this house. <laughs> they are our alarms. Like, mom, mom, let's get let's get breakfast going. Okay. Yeah. Let's go lady. Come on out of bed. Right. Right. (laughs) You're here to work for us, right? Like exactly. Just feed us so we can go back to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about money. Money can be a topic. You know, I do a lot of sales and business coaching and blocks and self-limiting beliefs that are holding us back around money come up quite a lot, especially, especially in business. And so, um, 
I know that you work with women to help release this so they can release that wealthy woman inside them that's already there. Mm -hmm. So what do you see in terms of what are the most common types of things you see that pop up that's holding people back when it comes to money mindset? One of the biggest things that I see with women particularly is that they're, they just give and give and give so, so much and make it right for the other person so much um, because they don't want to lose that connection or they don't want to disappoint somebody or they don't want to hurt them. And this was true for me too. And still is, I mean, I still can have that, that belief pop up thinking, oh, I need to give more to the situation or do better because I don't want to leave somebody disappointed. Sure. That's probably the most common. And then that leads to overworking and overdoing and forgetting your standards and doing things that you don't really want to do which let's just acknowledge doing things that you don't really want to do. We don't want to live a life where we're doing things that we don't really want to do most of the time. Yeah, that happens a lot where you feel yeah. like, oh, I have to do this or this person will be disappointed. Or I find too is, oh, this person won't like me then. So yes, I'll exactly. It, right. It comes down, over, swings over to people pleasing. Yep. And um, it all just connects together so that we're overworking ourselves. We're exhausted. We're living in fear. Oh, will I disappoint this person? Oh, will they not like me? And then it's almost, it's a tailspin in a washing machine, as I call it. It's that rumination washing machine that doesn't really serve actually anyone. No, it's not serving the person that you want to work with as your client because they're not getting your full energy either. They're getting a you know, a pared down version of you because you're, if you're overgiving, you don't have the energy levels. You're not operating at your highest level and you're not serving at the highest level and you're not being served at the highest level by your business. Yes. Which is if, if I can just say this over and over and shout it from the rooftop, something that my own coach said to me years and years ago, your business is for you first and everyone else second. Your business is for you first and everyone else is second. Yes. Your business is supposed to serve you first, bring you joy, bring you fulfillment, bring you a nice paycheck, not tear you down, not exhaust you, not burn you out, not have you breaking down your own standards or not even setting any or forgetting that you have them. Mm. It shouldn't be the thing that you fall asleep with and have nightmares about and wake up in a sweat about, right? It gets to be joyful and fun. And the, when you set standards, it all kind of comes back to setting those standards and, and operating from them. Then you have a framework. You don't have to reinvent the wheel anytime anybody asks you a question. You just know that you know that this is how you operate. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's about, I feel like it's that intention, it's conscious decisions. Yes, absolutely. Because how many times in business where, I mean, I've had this happen so many times where you're moving so fast, mm -hmm. you're having all these clients come in, you're like, oh, this is great, or oh, this is fine, I'll make this work. Oh, okay, I'm, I need to make sure. And you're just going wherever the wind blows. You're going right. wherever, you're serving so many other people where you're forgetting to serve yourself and seeing yeah. your business is something to serve you. That's a complete reframing. If you think is that, yeah. Yeah, because we're, we're pushed into this obligation that when we have a gift, we have to share it, right? 
And we don't actually have to do anything with that gift unless we decide. And the, the expression of that gift may come out in your business. It may come out other ways, but you're not obligated to anyone. And often women feel obligated to get things out there and get, take care of people and do things and have lots of clients and, or even um, try to, you know, discount rates and things like that so that they get clients when they're really nervous about not having any. It's like, we don't have any boundaries. We don't have any standards. I'll work with you at 11 p.m. on a Friday night if that's when you can meet with me and I'll do it for $25. Obviously, that's just a crazy number, but you know, I'll do it for these wild rates and I'll take care of you every time you call and demand my help. I'll be there for you. That is a recipe for exhaustion. Yes, and I see it all the time. You could see yeah. these faces, the frantic oh, yeah. look. You know, especially mm-hmm. when I do sales calls where they're just overwhelmed. Sometimes they even just break down and cry. Yeah. They've been holding this in and trying so hard to keep everything together and mm-hmm. family, uh, other relationships, you know, trying to manage health. And, I mean, all these things. And it just yeah. gets overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you've come to this time in your life for a reason. There's a reason why you're yeah. sharing this gift with others. So talk to me a little bit about a little bit about how you came to what you're doing today, because this is beautiful transformational work. This yeah. changed other people's lives. So I feel like at some point here in your background, there was some transformational piece. So would you be open to sharing a little bit about that? Absolutely. I mean, this it's it's me. It's my story. It's my this is the I know this path so well because I've been on it, you know, so uh, four score and seven years ago. I started my business, but really it was, it'll be 18 years ago in May that I became a hypnotist. So I'll try to give you this, the sweet and condensed version of this story. But I, when I started out, I was just trying to get clients, just try to get clients, just try to get clients. And I was over serving. I was asking for very little of their investment. So I was working lots of hours and I couldn't do that anymore. It wasn't, it wasn't even fulfilling. It wasn't exciting. I wasn't getting energized to go to work because I was tired because I was working so much and doing this very highly, uh, this work that is so, has, requires so much energy. And so my story is really that I started out um, with hypnosis, healed my own anxiety when I went to during training. Then I came back passionate and have helped people with anxiety, panic, rage ever since. Healing traumas, that kind of thing. And most of my clients are women because I was a networking machine and met and built tons of relationships with amazing women who became my clients. And they watched as my business shifted and I had realizations about what I wanted and built the standards and set myself up for more financial success. And they started asking me the same things over and over about money. Mm-hmm. So we started having lots of conversations about how our traumas create limiting beliefs and how we witness things and they create limiting beliefs or we're trying to people please. And there's a belief there about our worthiness or what we deserve or you know who we are and who will like us and who will love us and who will abandon us and all that stuff. And so 
this became part of my work, I'd say probably really about eight year, eight or nine years ago. Okay. And that was at a time in my life where I was making good money, but I didn't have any money because I had gunk about keeping money for helping people. Mm. And so most of my clients are spiritual entrepreneurs. So they have, you know, really giving hearts, really want to take their spiritual teachings, their healing methods, their practices, and save the world. You know, they want to do really big things, heal the world, help people um, heal and feel good and all of the things. And that's a recipe right there for overgiving, right? Just a desire to, to impact so much. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, and I wonder too, is in you, you know, when you're looking at blocks that have been created, especially around money, um, mm -hmm. and it all ties together in terms of, um, you know, the overgiving, the people pleasing, all that, where's this coming from? Like, where are you finding, and especially with women, I see it. So well, I see it with men too. I work with men, but yeah. mostly with women, the overgiving piece for sure. Yeah. So where do you feel like, like where, where's this coming from? <laughs> How do we I stop mean, it, Rebecca? <laughs> <laughs> it really, I mean, to acknowledge where it's coming from, we have to be, we have to notice that it's happening. And for a lot of us, it's from our mothers and from our grandmothers and witnessing how they were taking care of the family while the husband or spouse partner was out in the workforce. I mean, these things have been going on for generations and generations. And the fam, you know, for lots of people, that's how their family ran. And now, and I, certainly nothing against men. I love men. I'm not a man hater by any stretch of the imagination. But that has placed women in a place where men don't have that expectation. They actually have to be told to give more in their businesses often. Like be more generous because they just aren't thinking like that. I'm not saying men aren't giving, but women tend to be the other end of the, of the spectrum, overgiving, overdoing trying to take care of everybody. So they're taking care of their families. They're taking care of their friends. They're taking care of their partner. If they have one, they're trying to take care of themselves. And then they add a whole group of people that they want to take care of. And those people are attached to their income. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we all need to take a big deep breath <laughs> and just acknowledge this is happening for most women. And then we're being told to give more, be generous, et cetera. And so many people are already doing it, but we can be generous of spirit without having to empty ourselves out. It's just a shift of our standards. Shift of the standards. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, um, in those situations, right, where they're overgiving mm -hmm. and um, everyone around them. And a lot of it has to do with, sure, you're relying on this other person for income. Right. right? But, and also a piece of it is your suffering and you know, mm -hmm. you're suffering, right? That's the awareness of that suffering. I'm suffering. I'm exhausted. The end of the yeah. night, the dog gets fed before me. Mm -hmm. I've had those nights where both kids, you're dropping someone off at lacrosse, someone at fencing or tennis. And then you're like, I think dinner, sure. What's in the fridge? Wait, oh, the dog needs to be fed. Oh my gosh. I haven't had a cup, you know, water all day. And right. trying to keep it together. And then you look in the mirror and you're like, oh my goodness, <laughs> fun and mascaras <laughs> like under you look like raccoon eyes and you're thinking all the people you saw that day like right it's a complete uh cluster so yeah 
but there's a reason, but, but we continue to suffer. Mm -hmm. And so suffering has to do with, um, there's a safeness feeling. Absolutely. So let's talk about what that looks like and what that means and why we continue (sighs) to suffer. Oh, we really get attached to our suffering. For some of us, it's a badge of honor. You know, we, we've all heard the person who really is like, oh, love having that busy schedule, love going out, have being on the go, doing all the things for the family and feeling like, oh, I'm a good woman because I've done all the things. Please let me tell you everything I've done. I'm a good woman, you know, seeking, seeking validation. And often it's the younger version of the self that's trying to do that, right? It's usually our, our, um, I hate to use possessive words with trauma, but the trauma that we've had in our lives happens to us between zero and eight years old. And sometimes even before we were born and we're trying to, you know, be seen, be validated, have our feelings validated, be someone who is like recognized for being great because we didn't get that when we were a kid or whatever the specific story is. And we're working so hard. We're putting so much output. We're doing this for other people, but sometimes we're not, we're not receiving that. We're not receiving it from ourselves. Usually we're not giving ourselves, you know, the shot, the um, hand on the back, pat on the back saying, Hey, you did a good job today. And so we're, we're giving and giving, and we're in this state of suffering because sometimes it's rewarding. Like there's a secondary gain, there's a benefit for some of the suffering that we're doing. But the underlying thing is that this kind of suffering is safe for us. We know how to do this kind of suffering, but setting a standard, letting our clients know that this is the way it's gonna be, offering new things and new ways and changing the way the business is run. So I can have more energy. I can have more free time. I can make more money. I can have better relationships and even better outcomes with my clients. All that's really scary because we've been doing it this way for so long. Yeah. It's almost like where it's a process of releasing the martyr. Yeah. Releasing the martyr and then accepting to receive. Mm-hmm. allowing absolutely allowing yes yeah. allowing to uh, receive goodness in your and life. trusting trusting that when you take care of yourself on the other side of that there's going to be change it's going to be different and you'll probably get somewhere closer to what you want yeah. but that's the same way you know why do people do anything stay in pain longer there's just there's an unconscious need for that you know, to stay in that same place and to, to shift is a big deal. That's why people talk all the time. while they're so afraid of change, even though they change every single day, every single year, but the, the, that conscious change that like taking the big leap kind of change, that's some scary stuff. It is scary stuff. And that's why it's great to have a coach. Like, yes. Right. To leap with someone. Cause sometimes too is, gosh, I remember, I really don't like to swim. And I took a class. Well, my mom put me in a bunch of swimming class. She wanted me to learn. Mm. I almost drowned as a kid. So I was pretty, you know, tentative to get around water. Oh yeah. I moved up in the levels to the point where they put you on the little diving board. Then they put you on the high diving board. 
and looking down at that water, like just the feeling of thinking the crash in my face. And I'm like, oh my goodness, if only there was a double diving board that I could have dove with someone else. And all <laughs> Yes. Right? Like that's what I feel like whenever I hire a new coach or I bring, you know, bring on a client is let's do the high dive together. No one yes. should do dive alone. That's crazy. No. That's not fun, especially if you don't like to swim and I don't like to swim. So let's do this together, right? Yes. That's what I and feel like. Yeah. We find safety in that connection. Just like what you were describing in any, in any part of our lives, it's actually safer for us to be connected, especially women. We're designed to connect and vibe off of each other and not suffer alone. Yeah. And the there's actually more fear created when we try to do things on our own, when we can operate from, you know, a partnership or um, a coaching situation or a mastermind kind of situation. There's so much energy that's given to each individual that makes it safer and easier and more fun and all of that. I agree. I love doing group programs. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching um, as of right now, but yeah, watching when people work in a group and the healing that happens from each other, yeah, you can't replicate that in one-to-one -one. because I know we have a mastermind series, the High Wired, and when you see people come together, it's um, it's really beautiful. It's really beautiful yeah. and helpful for everyone. Um, so let's talk about in terms of if, if someone's listening to this, they're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm overgiving. I'm not charging enough. I'm discounting clients. I know I have money blocks. If you could say, okay, three things to either stop doing or to start doing either one, your choice. What okay. would you, so like the, to get them on the right path, the one of them should be calling you, but okay, go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So three things to be doing is really start with what do you really, really want to be doing? And what these, like these, getting your awareness to what do you really want to be doing in your business? What kind of serving do you really want to be doing? And how do you want to be paid for it? Hmm. Like have your big financial vision and then your grouping of programs and connect them. Not, and I'm going to say this with a little asterisk. Not what you think you can get, but what you really, really want. Because most of us, including, I've had this so many times where I was operating from a place of, this is low-hanging fruit. I think I can get this and this will be easy, right? But getting to that place where what do you really, really want to be charging? What do you really want to be offering? And who do you want to be serving? Do you want to be serving people who demand tons of your time? Do you want to be on call 24-7? Do you want to have clients who respect and value your time so much that they almost hesitate to reach out to you between sessions for support because they respect your energy and your process so much? Yes. So really assessing what do you really want mm. and looking at how much time do you want to be spending doing it? Like and you mean like, like in the week, like your hours or how? Your, uh, yeah, your hours, your um, how I think the biggest thing is like when you look at your year, when you look at your month, when you look at your week, when you even look at your day, how much of that do you actually want to be working? How much is healthy for you to be working given the kind of work that you do? Mm -hmm. For transformational leaders, less is more. They serve on such a higher level when they work less. 
And I think lots of entrepreneurs kind of start out with that. Well, if I do this for this many hours and I get this, then I can fit this many people in this week and then I'll meet my financial goal. And you have a, an opportunity to shift your income to wherever you want it to be because if you know your transformation so well, the price where you offer it is actually arbitrary. Mm-hmm. If you know that you know that you know you can help someone create transformation in an area and you love to do it, set the price tag where it makes sense for you and knowing that your client needs to make that investment in the transformation as well. And the investment actually starts the transformation often. So I think what I'm hearing is that know your impact. Yeah. And yeah. Open impact. Mm-hmm. Yes. We often hear charge what you're worth. Well, I'm going to just tell you a little secret. It's impossible to charge what you're worth because you're an infinite being. Charge what your transformation is valid, what that transformation creates in someone's life. The years and years of impact and better, better life that they'll have after working with you. Mm-hmm. More joy, more fulfillment, more family time, more love, more trust, more whatever it is that you help them get for years to come. So it's not just about exchanging your time. It's about looking at that impact. Yeah, I love that. Oh. Yeah. That two? Wait. Yes. The third one <laughs> is don't judge yourself for anything you think you've done wrong because it's a waste of time. <laughs> Darn it. I was doing that this morning. <laughs> why don't you do this why don't you do that has anyone ever done that right instead to celebrate what I've completed and just write a list of everything completed but I'm sorry go ahead yes so we spend so much time judging ourselves wondering you know oh how come I didn't know this already or I read this already I knew this already how come I have not been practicing it or thinking because I read it somewhere I know it when these things require practice it did not happen overnight that I had a nice set of standards for my business. I failed often. That's how I created them. And if I judge myself for all that messing up, I'd still be in the spins to your uh, washing machine. I'd still be in the spin cycle, like wringing myself out for making mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. And just trusting that right where you are is right where you're supposed to be. You can move from here. So releasing the judgment, not making yourself bad or good, not making your decisions but right or wrong, just making them what they are, releasing that attachment to judging them is going to free up so much space in your mind that you will have more space between your thoughts, more space for inspiration, more space for sparks of ideas, more space for gratitude and appreciation and celebrating everything. I love that. You have yeah. a lot of truth bombs. They're really amazing. Ooh, thank you. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, we're going to do the speed round in a minute, but I want okay. to hear from you so the audience knows how do you work with clients? What does that look like? And what kind of offerings do you have? Okay. So I have a group program called Extraordinary Wealth, where I help women really to create abundance in all forms of their life. And so that's, um, it's, I just love all the work that I get to do. So that is really um, such a special group to be in. There's really a sisterhood forming within that group and every, everyone is cheering everyone else on. And we really love to hear people's wins and see them shine mm. and, you know, bolster them when they need a little help. 
So that is, that's one way. The other way is my work is one-on-one -on -one too. My, so I love doing that as well. And um, so I work with people to really become the best version of their leadership that they want. You know, the best version of who they are in their business, who they are in their life, who they are in their, um, you know, when the, when the doors closed and the shades are gone, being that person all the time, being the same person, living from a set of standards and living from a healed place as much as we can, right? So I, um, in that one-on-one work, one -on -one work, I really help with healing trauma, releasing anxiety, rage, frustration, limits. And then because I have the business strategy too, a little bit of the business strategy pieces come into like really aligning your offers, figuring out what it is that you want to be, and then really stepping into that and setting up your legacy. Yeah. That's a lot. That's yes. a lot of wonderfulness. It is. It, there isn't a single thing in my business that I don't want to do because I took all those things up. Hmm. And so I get to have a lot of fun. I love that. I'm a big fan of um, elimination, delegation, or um, mm -hmm. automation. Yes. It's not my genius zone. It's going in one of those three buckets, or I'm just not doing it. Right, right. Absolutely. A couple of times. But uh, if anything is failure, I want to come back to that piece there is that it's about failing. We've all failed. And if you haven't failed, then you're not a human. I almost right. I debated on flipping the show to just people coming in vulnerability and I don't want to hear about your success. I want to hear how you failed. Oh yeah. Because I want so many other people to hear that we all fail. It's, uh, you know, first mm -hmm. attempt at learning as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. Right. And to know that you're not alone because um, that's part of, especially being an entrepreneur, because you're trying, you're treading new ground. You're, you know, there's, there's a trail and one is everyone's taken and it's easy to go and it's grass and nice but over to the right, there's all these weeds and there's rocks to climb and there's trees falling over. And as all entrepreneurs were like, oh, I'm going to take that one. Yeah. <laughs> so of course we're going to, you know, there, that it's going to happen. But I, I love that passion, that fire. And I feel like you probably do to help them, to help them on that right path, because the more conscious humans we have and conscious um, organizations that are changing yeah. the world, transforming themselves, transforming the world, the better, it's going to be a better place for us all to live in. Oh, absolutely. Because we model for each other all the time. Yeah. We're influencing each other all the time, just by accident. Good or bad, right? Yeah, good or bad. So that's where it starts, comes back to that piece that you said earlier, just using that, setting the intention, you know, being intentional. I like to start my day with intention. And being here now, what do I want to be? Who do I want to be? Who do I want to share? Um, how do I want to share in this world? Mm -hmm. And amplifying love is the thing for me because if we release judgment, we're releasing fear, right? And when we welcome more love in and we operate from a place of love, that's that's our only option. We're either in love or we're in fear. Mm -hmm. So if we release the fear or you feel the fear and then move past it and then get back to love, then we're putting more of that out. It sounds kind of trite sometimes like, oh, just amplify love. But when you're actually living from that space, when you're loving yourself, you're releasing judgment from yourself, then you're not judging other people. You have so much more time for the joy. 
Let's make more time for that. I like that. Yes. At the top of our cup in the purple zone, as I say it. I've got a purple shirt on today. <laughs> love. We're not going to be in the bottom of the cup in the red zone of shame. But yes. Serenity, joy, um, enthusiasm, like all those glorious things that yes. we all want to feel on a daily basis. Absolutely. Um, okay. You ready for the speed round? Yes. And then we're going to talk about how people can find you so they can. Oh, thank you. So, okay. First one is what is your favorite movie or book oh my favorite oh my favorite book is outrageous openness by tasha silver oh my gosh such a good book in fact i have it somewhere so i colorize all my books because i am that ocd person <laughs> but i have gone back and the story about um yeah the spider yes it's right here on my shelf right there Oh, look at that. Oh, see, you've got some color stuff. I see yellow, red, white, black. Um, the story about why she didn't kill the spider in her room. Mm -hmm. So I think spiders are uh, amazing creatures, but they have way too many legs to keep track of. <laughs> and we have wolf spiders here in Colorado. Oh, yeah. So fast. I have to say, I used to kill spiders uh, or run away screaming. But now after I read about what Tasha said is I actually put, take a cup and a, a sheet of paper and I, I put them outside yeah. um, because they are goddesses weaving their connections and things like that. Really beautiful. Okay, and That's we're back. Beautiful. And I go off on tangent. Okay. What's something that most people don't know about you? Um, most people don't know about me that I'm an energy weaver too. So I'm like a little spider. I'm an energy weaver. So it's a specific practice where I combined dance and intention and visualization and energy work to move energy through my body and or the space around me. Wow. Do you do this for other people or you do it for yourself? For myself right now. Yeah. Okay. I love that. That's very yeah. interesting. Um, I tap into my feminine radiance when I... Mm. I tap into my feminine. There's a lot of answers for that. When I choose myself first. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that. We need to do that more often. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm going to skip that one. We're not going to talk about sales right now. What I do want to talk about is what your greatest hope is for the world. My greatest hope for the world is that as we release judgment of each other, that we decrease this conflict, this division, and that we recognize that we are all branches of the same tree. Like that, Native, I think it's a Native American saying, which I don't want to mess up right now, but how we are, we're all coming from the same place. We're all having similar struggles. Yes, we have, each of us have different obstacles, but Ram Das said, we're all just walking each other home. I just love that so much that we're all just trying to get through our lives, no matter what our circumstances are, no matter what we're trying to, you know, push an agenda or save or help or whatever, but to be in the understanding that we're all, we're all in it together. That makes it feel a little bit easier, not as heavy. Yeah. It was heavy. Yeah when we do that, we don't have to make ourselves right and everybody else wrong. Yeah. The black and white, or yeah. you know, I see a lot too, with, um, 
comparison where you see someone on Instagram and they're pretty, they look like they're successful and, and that all their programs are working out and, you know, all those things. And I, especially with clients, oh, look, she has a, a prettier something or another. And um, to know that it's not you comparing to her, but she's done it. Right. That means that you can do it too. She's yeah, let her inspire you. Yes, inspire. Yeah. I love that. That came up a lot as a theme last week with clients is comparing Did it. Mm. Yeah, every week there's always a theme and a theme for the day, which I always think, especially when I do in-person one-on-one work at my office, there's, oh, yeah. I don't know, it's the energy of the room or what's happening, but it's really, really interesting and, and really beautiful. Um, so what is the best way for people to find you, Rebecca? The best and easiest way to get in touch with me is to go to RebeccaWiener.com. Okay. Awesome. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You have Instagram, Facebook, all those pieces. I do. And you can find all that through my website. And, uh, if anybody has any desire to move forward and feeling stuck, just get on a call with me. I'll help you find the way. Awesome. I love that. And I'll put your website in the show notes. Okay. Um, so people can find that easily, but sure. any last words of advice for our audience today that you would like to share? Ooh, have more fun and celebrate more. Done. Yes. Just have more fun. Invite more fun into your life because we all are in a huge fun deficit right now. We need to get some more fun going. We need to stop being so serious. I mean, it's important to be serious, but then at some point I'm like, why am I not laughing right now? Like this should be fun and exciting. Can we just take a moment and we're just all going to have a one minute dance break and then we're going to get back to work. Yes. Even on the hardest days, Sometimes you inject a little humor, give yourself a little lightness, bring a little levity into the situation. It's easier to get through. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm so glad you're here. Keep doing the work that you're doing. We need more people like you. Thank you so much. And everyone listening, I appreciate you all for listening today. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this conversation. I'm Jamie Rowe with Look What She Built, the one and only podcast that celebrates the brave, bold, and badass women who are doing business their way and telling us about it. Until next time, go show the world what an iconic woman looks like. Please share this with three women because we all need to share positive messages in the world. And if you want to learn more, please connect with me on social at Impact to Income.